Hey everyone, why don't you come on down? It's Point Break Minute, don't be a clown. We point out the moments and break down the minutes, so climb on board to the Point Break! Welcome back to Point Break Minute, where we point out the moments and break down the minutes of Point Break one minute at a time. I'm Jessa Lowe. I'm Marin Kennedy. How's it going, Marin? Pretty good. I'm really tired. Yeah. I'm still kind of recovering from this uh, sickness I got. Sick, this, get, you got to get down with the sickness, am I right? Mm. What, Sneeze on that, the beat and the beat a, got sicker. Was that a Limp Bizkit lyric? I don't really know. No freaking clue. Something terrible like that, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm here here for Point Break. No matter yeah. what, come fair, fair or foul weather, as they say. Yes. As they say on the high seas. Yes. And hi, we are in this minute. Oh, good transition, <laughs> Jessa. Thank you. Minute 104. Four, 104. 104. So minute 104 begins with Bodie saying, there you go, as he finishes preparing Roach for the jump. Then Bodie gets up. Might as well jump. Jump. Uh, yeah. Then Bodie goes, ugh. Like. <laughs> He has like a huge head rush. It's a good body imitation. <laughs> he has like this huge head rush or something. Doesn't he look like he has a head rush? He like, kind of like closes his eyes and he's all like, "Ugh." Oh well, yeah, I guess he would because they're, um, you know, they're. I guess they're not super high up. They're they're like four thousand feet. Mm-hmm. That's pretty high. That's like most of a mile. That's four fifths of a mile. How do you know that? I don't know. I learned it somewhere. <laughs> Miles like what? What five thousand two hundred eighty feet? Oh. Yeah, I think pretty sure it is. Mm. I think I learned it from where you learn things. Cool. Why don't you know it, Jess? I should ask that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, then. So I guess oh, my question okay. is: Would uh, would he be having a head rush due to the altitude? Oh, maybe. Yeah. I don't. I don't really know. Uh, but they have the door open to the plane. They've had it open for a little bit now. Like the entire plane ride. Probably. Yeah. And they were lower before. They were they were uh, they were mowing the grass, mowing as, uh, the as grass. Murph said. And now they are. He increased elevation so they could do a, a jump. Mm. Could they not? Well, so he might be. Uh, he might be doing that. You know, playing the head the head rush from the altitude, Good which job, would be Swayze. a nice detail to put into the the acting mm-hmm. performance there. Yeah, it's nice. It seems like this is all shot from somebody who's like recording this on their knees and looking up at everyone, because every like you see everybody from kind of like chin up, yeah, uh, angle. That may be exactly what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, probably if they're in that small of a space, mm-hmm. um, that would make sense. So Bodie speaks into his little walkie-talkie, looking out of the uh, aircraft, going, "Rosie, Rosie, this is Air Force One. Do you copy?" you copy over here rosie go copy we have visual on you how does he know that's the right plane i don't know i mean it's full of planes marin well i don't know maybe the the sky over this particular area of mexico is not full of planes Mm, he wouldn't know for sure though would he i don't know yeah they, they don't explain that they could you know if i were them it might be a good idea to have a marker of some yeah. kind. Uh, I don't know what that would be. A smiley face on the bottom of the yeah, plane. Smiley face. Say, yeah, have a nice day. Yeah. Cowabunga dude. Yeah, cowabunga dude. I like that. Senoritas uh, so, uh, and margaritas. Yeah. That, that's what it would be. The plane would be titled Senoritas and margaritas. That would be the name of the plane. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, 
It'd be the the ulti- the ultimate. The ultimate, yeah. It's called the ultimate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The ultimate rush. Yeah. Then uh, Keanu badgers Swayze. Everyone has cuts he up the badgers. Yeah. Swayze. Everyone has like cuts that. up the yin yang right now. Yeah, they're in bad shape. Yeah, yeah they all look like shit. Um. So yeah, Keanu badgers Swayze. Tell him to release Tyler. Do it. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. Just do it. Do it. <laughs> um. No. No. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing that now. <laughs> so Keanu reasons, you won. You got what you wanted. What if your shoot fails? Cancel the order. She served her purpose. This is another scene where Keanu Reeves is screaming at the top of his lungs while everyone Mon- else is... No, monotone. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone else is kind of talking at a, a somewhat normal volume. Yeah. Yes, that was his. That was his across. acting. That was his acting choice for the scene. Well, the, the engines of the plane are loud, so I should just scream every yeah. line. Yeah, even though nobody else is. No. No. And you know what? Catherine Bigelow didn't say cut. No. So she didn't say, "Hey, Keanu, let's stop that a minute." Yeah, as a director of mine once said, if an actor ever gives a good performance, the director has to get credit for that. But also, if the actor gives a bad performance, that means the director gets that credit as well. Mm-hmm. They're they're a part of it. Yep. I don't think this is bad necessarily. It's just no. a uh, minor observation. It's just a choice. It's yeah. It's Keanu. Yeah. Oh, we got Francis here again. Yeah. We're recording in my uh, little DIY sound booth today, uh, and uh, hopefully that means the sound sounds amazing. <laughs> like we're recording in a black hole. Yeah. Uh, but Francis still found her way in here, of course, because she she's a little baby and she misses her mom she, and dad she needs constant attention she does now she's fine she's all curled up yeah so this has been cat update <laughs> cat update so uh Candace says do it man you owe me that much this whole time is intercut with uh shots of Bodie kind of looking contemplative but not really in a couple shots he looks like he's being a bit of a trickster um, a bit of a trickster spirit a bit of a tr- <laughs> What's that from? It's, I don't know. It's just a, you know, like Coyote, yeah, Coyote yeah. from the from the Native American yeah. tales, or the Raven. He's a trickster spirit. Yeah, yeah. There's one in every culture. Yeah, there is. Um. So. Uh, and Bodhi is uh the one for for, for American s- culture, Southern California, brah. Yeah. He's the has the Bodhi spirit. He's from the House of Bodhi. That would be like instead of being like you're from Ravenclaw or like there's like the American version where it's like <laughs> there's, th- Thunderwing. <laughs> oh yeah, there's the American ones. I yeah. don't know what those are. It's but yeah, it's like there's, there's Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff, Gryffindor, Slytherin, and Bodhi. Yeah, Bodhi is the, the one who's like the they tricksters. don't just, they just don't give a fuck. They're just like yeah, yeah whatever, brah. Yeah, and then when they're like ten points to Gryffindor, House Bodhi is like fuck that, I don't care. Yeah, whatever. It's like, well, uh, why are you saying it out loud to all of us? Yeah. Like, no, I'm just showing you how much I don't care. Yeah, I don't need points. <laughs> points are just the the system the man uses yeah. to keep you all down. Yeah, time is just an illusion. It's just a construction. <laughs> it's like, why are you why are you talking American accent? Like, <laughs> why aren't you at the American school? Like, I don't know, bro. I don't fucking care. I don't care. Uh, I do what I want. <laughs> yeah, I do whatever. So, uh, when guarding love Yosa, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Then uh, Bowie throws back his walkie-talkie to the clanks against the back of the plane. So he just was like, fuck that. I'm not going to call the order. Why? Yeah, I don't. And the way Keanu, I was like, the the intensity that Keanu brings to that 
I feel like after that, given that response, I would f- expect him to like tackle Bodhi or something. And be like, yeah. no, fuck you, call, don't kill her. Yeah. No. Instead, he just kind of like turns around like, and like hits okay. the back of the plane. Like, God damn it. Okay. Well, I yeah. lost that one. He oh, got, that wild card. He got me there. Yeah. No response. Goddamn rookie slam. Um. Then Utah is not at one hundred percent. He's not at one hundred percent. He's at maybe like fifty. Maybe that's generous. Yeah, he's maybe like thirty-seven. Yeah, thirty-seven. I'd put it there. Yeah. So, uh, Bodie then prepares. What's his face, Roach, for the jump, but not really jump. Roach, who it's is slowly more, it's dying. More of a push, a push and <laughs> shove. Might as well push. Yeah. Might as well shove. So he goes, okay, you ready? Yeah. On three. One, two, three. And they shove him over to the side of the plane. Yeah, not quite yet. He's not ready to jump yet. No, no. Just scooting over bit by bit. But it looks really painful, and he's still covered in blood. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, James LeGros still doing it. He's doing a good job dying, looking like he's in pain. Yeah. And when when Bodhi lifts him up, he kind of has like a surprised look on his face. Like, oh, that hurt even more than I expected it to. Bodhi says, easy, come on a little more. Get your shoot clear, okay? Okay. 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 That's the end of the minute. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. That's from uh, Garth Garth Marenghi. Um. I'm glad we speak the same language there. Oh, we do. We speak quotes. This this podcast is just literally people listening to us vomit quotes at each other. Yeah. Yeah. Quotes that we usually recognize, but sometimes we don't. Yeah. We don't get what the other one is doing, and then it's just awkward. Yeah. So anything else you want to say about this minute? Uh, I think I'm good, brah. I'm good, brah, too. So what are you going to recommend? Not a lot happened, really. No. It just got ready. To, it got intense. getting ready. Yeah. yeah Keanu yelled a little bit, but then nothing really came of that. Yeah, this is the pre-funking part. So everybody the should be- pre-funking? Yeah. You heard that phrase? No. It's like, that's what you do before you go to a bar. You, like, pre-funk at somebody else's place. I've heard pre-game. Yeah, it's pre-funk is another one. That's what we used to call it when I went to college. <laughs> you went to your weird, liberal, hippie college. Yeah. Pre, I like pre-funk, though. Yeah. Steve pre-funkane. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a good superhero or something. So what are you going to recommend? I'm going to recommend... I saw a couple movies lately, but I just it's on my mind today, and I I feel like I might have talked Do about it. it before, but I'm just going to... You know, yeah, pulling the, the rope on the parachute, and it's, uh, it's deploying. Mm-hmm. I'm going to recommend Manchild. Tell us about Manchild. Manchild is a great show that I watched when I was 19 on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I lived in uh, Port Townsend uh, by myself, it was my first time, like sort of living a living out out and about. And I lived in a little cabin that got no uh, Wi-Fi, so I'd go to the Safeway, which some for some reason the, the Safeway had Wi-Fi. <laughs> cool. I don't know if I've ever been to a Safeway besides that one that had a Wi-Fi connection that you could like sit down and use. Nice, but it's pretty sweet. You so you just like chill at Safeway, yeah, and watch just movies. chill at Safeway and watch Netflix <laughs> because I couldn't watch it at, at my uh, at home. Jeez. So I watched Manchild. Uh, Manchild is like, it's it's described aptly as a uh, British Sex in the City for men, middle aged men, middle it looks yeah, like. middle aged to upper middle aged, yeah, men in their extremely late forties, as they say, yeah, as Garrison Garrison Keeler would say, yeah. Um, and it's it's fun. It's like uh, I don't remember that much about it, but and I also uh, I can't find it available on streaming anywhere. So mm. good luck trying to find it if you're really going to take me up on this. But if you if if it's uh, if you're in England, 
you know, maybe uh, it's maybe available. You've, you, maybe you've already heard of it or already seen it, but if you haven't, I, I liked it. Uh, it stars the likes of Anthony Stewart Head, uh, Nigel Havers, uh, two other guys who aren't famous, aren't as famous mm-hmm. as that. Um, and they're like four kind of older guys, and they all kind of have the, you know, one of them has a family, a couple of them have kids, I think, and some of them are more like older. They like never really had a family. They're still trying to keep that youthful spirit alive mm. by being like older guys sleeping around, and they all have their own, you know, problems and issues. But they try their best, and they're friends at the end of the day. And that's wow. what, that's what really counts. Do they rehash their sex paids in the morning when they go out for coffee? I think they probably did that at some point. Yeah, but like they'd be like in the pub. Yeah, it'd be it'd be like late at night, or yeah, maybe it'd maybe like, like midday at the pub, yeah. probably. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's it's really it really is pretty similar to Sex in the City. There's four of them. Uh, the, old, the old, I guess, the main difference is that they're like it's about them being a little older. Who's the Samantha? I would say uh, I don't remember all their names. Oh. There's uh, there's Nigel Havers. He is he he's the main guy, so he's the Carrie. Yeah, and he has a son, but he's divorced, mm. and part of it's about like his trying to like relate to his son as like an older man who's divorced and also trying to like get out there and his son's like coming of age. Mm. Um, and he's fine. Like I, he's not, yeah, he, he's, he's fine. And then there's, I would say the the Samantha is probably Anthony Stewart head or Don Warrington. I remember the actor's names because I just looked at the thing. Um, Don Warrington is like the black guy and he's kind of, uh, he's kind of like the mysterious, you know, the least about him. I would say he's just, he's kind of an enigma. Mm-hmm. But he's he's like kind of always there for them, like Samantha. Yeah, I would say, uh, yeah, I would say it would be him. He's he's always there for them. He he kind of is the the moral compass of the show in a way, like Samantha. Yeah, like Samantha. The other one that could be Samantha though is Anthony Stewart Head. He's kind of the most promiscuous of them. He's a little mm-hmm. bit raunchy. He gets out there. He's a little weird. Well, that's surface level Samantha. Yeah, so they're kind of both Samantha in different mm-hmm. ways. Um. And then the other guy is like the Miranda, probably. No one's really a, um, a Charlotte. A Charlotte. I always forget her name. Yeah. Uh, I don't think any of them's really a Charlotte. It's hard to think of like a male version of Charlotte, though. I guess I don't know. It'd be like Jeffrey the Butler in Fresh Prince or something. <laughs> sure, I guess. Like, oh, that's not proper. Yeah, yeah. The one who's yeah, she's kind of just like. The, the smallest mention of anything sexual, like she turns red and like, she's like, "Oh, oh we, do my. we?" <laughs> she's like, oh, "Like every episode, is she like, how are we really talking about this?" And yeah. it's like they do it every time. Yeah, this is a routine now, Charlotte. Yeah, Get you've been friends with them for decades. <laughs> this is what they do. Yeah, yeah. Anything else you want to say about it? No, I think I said a lot about it. Yeah. Okay, I'm. Man, a... I like it. Nice. I really, I really want. To, I th- it's like I watched it ten years ago now, aging myself. Uh, and like every couple of years, I'm You're like not 29, almost. When I turn 29, are you going to be like old? No. Okay, you just want to be accurate about it. I'm not, in fact, 29 yet. I, I you're, I don't know. You're, we're all getting older. I don't like it. Okay, continue what you were saying. They just every couple of years, I've like thought about it again and wanted to rewatch it, but it hasn't really been available. So just kind no. of it's kind of frustrating, but yeah. I have good memories. Good, it's charming. Charming. Go. Well, I'm going to recommend a movie that I thought was going to be an uproarious comedy. <laughs> Turned out it wasn't. 
Um, but I still liked it. Uh, and I'm talking about Boys in the Hood. Um, it was a little heavy-handed. Um, like a lot heavy-handed. It, it had a message in mind, and it wanted to get it home to you. you know? A lot. Yeah. And it had. And thinking back to like this is made in 1991. Yeah. So I think it was a message that needed to be heard. Definitely. You know, it's something that probably not as many people were aware of now. Well, and it was timely with yeah. the Watts riots and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Like um, Rodney King and whatnot. But um, it's a coming of age-ish story about um, four boys. Kind of like three, three plus a, another. Three and a half. Yeah. There's a fourth who just is there sometimes. <laughs> yeah. They don't really follow up on him. Um, But Cuba Gooding Jr. and Ice Cube are C- the two. Cuba. Excuse me. Cuba. I believe Gooding it's Jr. pronounced Cuba. Excuse me. Cuba Gooding Jr. and um, Ice Cube are the two leads. And they do a really good job. Like, I actually was really impressed with Ice Cube. Yeah, he's a good actor. Yeah. I asked. I remember I asked you during the movie, like, Ice Cube or Ice-T, who's the better actor? And it's like, without hesitation, it's Ice Cube. <laughs> without hesitation. That's like asking, like, who's a better actor? Like, I don't know, Jonathan Price and Keanu Reeves or something. Yeah, sure. Like, Ice Cube's a much better actor. Yeah, he's good. I mean, he, he I mean, I guess... He, they, they, you can say this of both of them. They play themselves in yeah. everything, except for the time when uh, Ice T was a kangaroo and Tang Girl. But you can't did, say he wasn't playing himself. Beat poetry and yeah, you can't say he wasn't playing himself. Not though. entirely. It was still like his, you know. Yeah. He just had a kangaroo man outfit. Yeah. But I guess yeah, Ice Cube has uh has something to say as an actor, and yeah. uh, he's well utilized in this. Yeah. Very well utilized, and uh, Ice T is more like, hey, this acting thing, this might be fun. Yeah. You know, I'll try it out. You mean to tell me that this sicko gets off <laughs> on doing whatever? Yeah. That's the John Mulaney bit. Where, oh, is that John Mulaney? Yeah. Yeah. Much like Charlotte being perplexed by the talk of sex yeah. at, every, at yeah. every episode, he's always the joke is he's always blown away by, like, the perversion of some some guy they're following and it's job like dude you've been doing any, this job never gets any easier <laughs> and less surprising yeah apparently but the movie's kind of about um what growing up in the they're in crenshaw um in la uh kind of what growing up in that neighborhood does to you um and the disadvantages that people receive in those neighborhoods um but, but I thought it was it was good. It was it was good. Heavy-handed, yeah. but good. Yeah, there were parts where it was like the message just came through, and there was no subtlety about delivering it. No. Like there's a part where Lawrence Fishburne is just delivering a speech about the message of the film, basically, yeah. and it's like there's no and there's like conveniently like people of every like you know type of like what I'm trying to say like type of person in the neighborhood. Like there's like the old people are there and the young people are yeah. there, and they all just gather around. And there's like a group of each. And they yeah. each have their thing to say, and yeah. he's just like responding to each of them. It's just like a very an overly convenient way to like get this message across. But but he's very handsome in this movie. Yeah, Lawrence Fishburne, Larry Fishburne, as he's credited yeah, on this me. in this one before he became Lawrence. This was when he was turned becoming Lawrence. I feel like yeah, this is like the narrow window between the Matrix and Apocalypse Now. That narrow twenty some odd year window. Yeah. Where 
he became good looking and then became puffy. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, what other? That was a 20, 20 years between Apocalypse Now and The Matrix. When did you do Othello? That's a good question. I, I feel like that was. I've seen that movie. Me too. I think that was after The Matrix. Yeah, I think or, so. Or no, it might have been. It was definitely at least like 1995. Mm-mm. So it was that or maybe 2005. I don't Mm-mm. know. Uh, I want to say like 1996. So it might have been before The Matrix. Mm but he's still he's gotten into be like sort of an older looking man already at that point. Yeah. Like he's not a young he's puffy. young fresh-faced yeah. Larry Fishburne anymore. And that's yeah. I mean he had to have been Lawrence at that point. Yeah. You can't be Larry and be playing Othello. No. You got to be Lawrence. Exactly. That was a that was his transformative moment. That might have been it. Yeah. I kind of want to chronicle the history of this now. Yeah, do it. Next podcast. A minute of Larry from from Larry to Lawrence, <laughs> a, a, retro, a career retrospective. Nice. I kind of like this idea. I, I actually, like it. Yeah. So he covers a lot of different stuff. It does the thing about like actors like him who've had such long careers and been in so many like iconic things. Yeah. Like thinking about, um, I was thinking about someone else like this too. I mean, John Travolta is one. Mm. And uh, oh, um, Jeff Bridges. A- I was thinking about Jeff Bridges. Well, you know, I would do a Jeff Bridges minute in a heartbeat. Because we just this will be another recommendation in a future minute, uh, but we watched an old movie with him from the seven. Like that? that, I would. Yeah, I really oh. liked it. We can talk about it in a okay. future minute. Okay. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk about that then. But just thinking about how he's been like in the forefront, more, more or less, for you know forty, forty-five years now. You know he's mo- still, and he's been like a leading man, and he's still handsome. Yeah. I think he's gotten more handsome. Oh, he's, he's so much more handsome now. As a young older. man, he's kind of weird looking, I feel like. Yeah. Like, handsome. He was, he was handsome in that movie, but handsome, we'll talk about that movie. But, yeah. 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 Uh, so, we're just thinking about, like, how how many decades he's been sort of just, like, a presence. Yeah. And I'd say, yeah, Larry Fishburne, not quite as not much. call him Larry? <laughs> this is what we're talking about, Boys in the Hood. And in okay, Boys in the Hood, okay. he's Larry. His chosen name now is Lawrence, though. <laughs> he's trans... He's... He's made the transition from Larry to Lawrence. Yeah. Okay, Lawrence. Um, I was going to say, you might think, you know, he calls himself Larry in this, and he's in a sort of a, a gangbanger movie. You might think, like, oh, does he, like, get does he get down and dirty and play, like, sort of a gangbanger type? Nope. 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 Still dignified. Still yep. well-spoken. Still an intellectual. As ever. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> but he's, he's great in it. He, he's he's well cast. But am I not wrong in thinking that a name like Boys in the Hood? Is going to be, like, a fun, like, a Friday type movie? Yeah. I guess it's easy to like sort of think this might be a Friday because that's the other Ice Cube movie of yeah. the era. I was thinking Barbershop. Or Barbershop. <laughs> Is Ice Cube in that too? Yeah. Yeah. Ice Cube, I guess Ice Cube mostly did comedies yeah. besides this. But he's really good in this. He's great. He's great. He has a speech at the end that's, that's like very really good. Very well done. Very yeah. moving. Yeah. There is a time like when like there's a very heart wrenching moment and uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. is like, you know, crying his thespian's uh-huh. heart out. Yeah. And Ice Cube, they kind of cut around him a little bit. Yeah. Like, he's not really going to, he's not going to shed a tear. No. He's not at that level. But, like, when he, he has to do. He does the end, though. Does he? He doesn't, like, He, he kind of, like, puts his head in his hands. Yeah, he kinda, like, you got to like put his head crying. in his hands. But he's still, he's still authentic. He's, yeah. like, just because he doesn't, doesn't literally cry doesn't mean he's yeah. inauthentic. Crying, as a, as a, uh, as, I think from the Uta Hagen book about acting, I forget what it's called now. It's like if if uh, crying was acting, my aunt would be the best actor in the world. Eh. Nice. Just because you don't cry doesn't mean you aren't delivering an authentic performance. Nice. Anyway, Boys in the Hood, uh, liked it. Cool. Overall, good. Yeah. I was also gonna say, uh, like a a movie. There there are worse crimes to commit than a movie being preachy. 
especially when it's preaching the right message. Yeah, that's true. Like that's what Adam McKay's done in the last two movies. Who's Adam McKay? He did the uh, Vice and uh, oh. uh, Big Short. So that's basically like his movies are all message and no substance. <sighs> yeah. And you know, it's if it's if it's a way to get the message out there, I'm okay with it. But my, my problem with those movies... Boys in the Hood is better than okay. either of those. Just like one quick last thing to say. My problem with Adam McKay movies, I have not seen them, but I know this world has fucked me over. I don't mm-hmm. need to watch a movie about why this world has fucked us over. Yeah. I mean, I would say like this is a whole other discussion, uh, but yeah, Vice was... I, I watched Vice, and overall, I kind of enjoyed it more than I thought I would. It was somewhat engaging, but... It is. It did make me just feel gross at the end. I was yeah. like, "Yeah, I didn't really want to know more about this horrible human." Yeah. And now I do, I guess, kind of, in a fictional. I don't want him of... to be. I don't want him to be glamorized in any way. Yeah, I he... want him to be a disgusting. It was. He was. Gla- he was not glamorized. He was Good. made to look horrible. Like, like he a, looks. He's like the he's mud like, creature he is. Like Christian Bale plays him as like the grossest person. Good. Uh, but it's still it's gross. It doesn't make you. It's it's not something I would recommend. I think I think I did kind of recommend. I think I might have recommended yeah. it in a previous episode. Yeah. Like a, it's it's not that good. Um, but Big Short's okay. It's uh that one's interesting because it really does try to like, here's what happened. You know, if you're not gonna read up on it, watch this movie and we'll do our best to explain it to you. And there's something admirable about that, even if the the dramatic tension of it is not really that. It's not really there. This one does a better job of that. Anyway, uh, that's Point Break Minute. Thanks for joining. As always, I'm Murrin. And I'm Jessa. Thanks for listening. Bye. Oh, and one more thing. God damn I'm it. just kidding. <laughs> uh, we'll catch you on the flip side of Point Break Minute, bro. Woo! <laughs>